0: for Thursday, August 10th, 2023. Coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee, and that's here at the Iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you're out by the out by the airport looking for a bite, might we suggest the apron? It's at the Weston Wall Center YBR. Eat locally, fresh, eat well. Matt Sikers alongside Blake Price. Grace Ass, hitting switches, conducting things in this show. Presentation of Applewood Auto Group. We're with, Right now, Applewood Nissan Lane, Applewood Nissan Surrey, and Applewood Nissan Richmond, you can get into the twenty-three Rogue from ninety-nine dollars weekly, the twenty-three Murano from hundred and thirty-five dollars weekly, and the iconic Pathfinder, the twenty-three Pathfinder from three eighteen bi-weekly. Because Blake Price, it is all good at Applewood, and you're going to be out at Applewood Mitsubishi, yes, in the Richmond Auto Mall. Can't wait later today. Bodog poll question: Now that Eric Carlson is in Pittsburgh. Is Quinn Hughes the best defenseman in the Pacific Division? Vote yes or no, at Sikerson Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day for me. Vernon Adams, back at quarterback for the British Columbia Lions Saturday against Calgary. It's a 4 p.m. kickoff at BC Place. Stamps coming off a big win against previously unbeaten Toronto, and their defense played very well. And we know that BC's defense is excellent, Outside of the route last week in Winnipeg, I'm going to bet coordinator Ryan Phillips got after him. I'm going to bet that you'll see a better performance from those lines DBs this week. I can see a lower scoring game, so I'm taking Calgary in the points, plus six on your Bodog line of the day. I see you have answered the poll question already on Twitter and with a resounding vote. Yes. You believe Hughes is the best defenseman now in this division?
1: Yeah, I, I don't... Think that that was you know needed to we didn't need the Carlson trade to to prove that I mean I you think I, you thought yeah I mean Carlson had a better season last year you will. offensively not not in okay. totality I mean uh, Hughes had a better uh, expected goal differential he had a better Corsi rating he had I mean I know plus minus is flawed but when you're plus forty one better than the opposition <laughs> player and we're not talking about that can sometimes be skewed if you're comparing to a defenseman on a Stanley Cup team versus a guy. On a team that's uh, out of the playoffs, these are two non-playoff teams, two yep. teams that had bad seasons. Hughes was plus forty-one better. That that means something. That takes care, and the expected goal differential is proof that um, just because you push, push, push offense, um, you've neglected the the back end and he, he, the expected goal differential against. Sorry, the expected goals against for Eric Carlson were through the roof. Mm-hmm. What about Petrangelo? He got my vote. Petrangelo, Theodore, um, really nice players, and and career wise, yeah, Petrangelo's had better years than Hughes's team. And, uh, and year that's last how year. I so and interpret the question, how you
0: see fit in the but current scale. For me, I, resume and body of work matters, and so I'm Petrangelo for now. But Hughes is certainly pushing, and Hughes is more dynamic.
1: Whether or not Hughes will be as successful as a playoff defenseman is remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was a little bit of uh, how you interpreted the question, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to put Hughes just above Petrangelo and Theodore. Anyway.
0: Yesterday's poll question did nearly 1,800 votes. Here is JT Miller one of your favorite Canucks? Yes or no? What won the poll? I think you know the results. So
1: uh, it was right down the middle. I'm going to pretend I didn't know. My original <laughs> answer, my original answer was fifty fifty. So it's fifty three forty seven. Yes.
0: No was winning for a long time. Yes, got a very late surge here
2: to take JT over the top. No is winning on YouTube still ah. by a smidge. It's it's 50 50, but the no side is a slight mm-hmm. it's slightly longer because YouTube doesn't give you the decimal hey, point.
0: Told you he was a polarized player to some degree. This poll proves that out, or at least indicates that. Ocean Park Nancy, shout out Nancy. How many NHLers have been through your store this week, Nancy? hard on his sleeve guy, anything to win, just like Kessler. Love him. Aaliyah, and great to see Aaliyah's name in the comments. No, but he's very fun to watch when he limits the laziness. I hope he has a great season. Lance, he plays with emotion, is uber-talented. He's the opposite of a boring player. That's for sure. I know that in a few years his contract will probably be an anchor, but he is right up there with Petey and Hughes as far as I am concerned. And Sam says, probably my least favorite, Lm. I forgot to report results on yesterday's Bodog poll question. So an early E&O here, or not yesterday's, I guess now, Tuesday's. I was in here, you guys asked, who plays more games for the Canucks this season, Tanner Pearson or Ethan Bear. Did you see who won that poll? Uh, I didn't. Okay. Guess? Tanner Pearson. Yeah. Percentage? 68. 59.
1: Jake, I'm gonna go with the guy under contract. Yeah, that was that was a big part of it. People, people miss that. People, I saw a lot of people seeing bear, and I was like, one sh- guy's sh- got a contract. I, I, Sean says my guess is zero for both, which is completely feasible yeah. here too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Whoever made this poll doesn't know that Bear isn't on our team. It was a lot of uh, <laughs> comments well, that, on YouTube. that was part of the exactly That's part of the calculation exactly. Yeah.
0: Something we missed. Yesterday, or at least didn't mention yesterday, as part of that J.T. Miller interview on the Cam and Strick podcast, he drops a tell you that for free, (laughs) which if you read it flatly, sounds like it could well be a troll of Bo Horvat. The context of it, it certainly doesn't sound that way. How he used it. How he used it. Yeah. Is that now a phrase we're going to hear from NHL players? Like, did Bo start something there? I don't think Bo started something. I I think that was a... I I hadn't heard that phrase in... We talked about how it was an old-timey phrase. I hadn't heard it in I can't tell you how long until Bo uttered it. I, I do wonder whether it got enough run with NHL players that now they're going to start using it. In interviews,
1: a show like Letterkenny has sort of spawned this, um, you know, this fascination with sort of dressing room talk. And I don't mean lewd talk, I just mean hockey talk, you know, sort of that oh, Canadian hillbilly, if you will. And so I think it's sort of part of that vernacular. Yeah. So I, I, there are some rural Ontario
0: turns of phrase and accents that yeah. are very, very closely aligned with
2: how hockey players so talk. Letterkenny came from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Is I tell you that for free, the new we ran out of time? <laughs> no.
1: No, it's not.
2: Well, I see it like everyone, people all over Twitter. just Yeah, but it, I,
1: I ran out of time was indicative of a management yeah. ineptitude. This is just a phrase. It's just a phrase. Patrick Johnson writing on Brandon Sutter,
0: former Vancouver Canuck, who's getting a PTO in Edmonton on the comeback trail after suffering from long COVID. Let's remember, there was a real cost to the Canucks COVID outbreaks, plural, and a lot of it was borne by the Sutter family. So fantastic to see Brandon is healthy enough to give this a shot because you remember Blake, when last we talked with him, he was not in a particularly
1: great place. No, no, it's uh, it's he was optimistic. He thought he had stumbled upon something that was working, um, and it sounds like um, either that or just time has allowed uh, things to get to this point where he can try a PTO at the very least. So you know good good on him i i think he's battling a lot just the rust uh the fact that he's 34 and trying to jump back into this after so much time away the fact that he wasn't the fastest guy to begin with and it's a fast league um but, I mean, he's he's been nothing but a gem of a guy in this market. Oh, for sure. He's completely saddled by the original um, words of the general manager w- when he was acquired, that he was a foundational player. And and even at that time, remember, his 4000000 million-plus cap hit seemed extra large for what he contributed to the team. But I think everybody would have had Brandon Sutter on their team at the appropriate cap hit. Um, he was a useful player, uh, maybe playing too high in the lineup at times. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, outsized offensive expectations, yes. I think, from some yes. fans
0: and Canucks management. Yeah. After they added him. But as a right shot, penalty killing, defending shadow centerman, um, you could do worse than Brandon Sutter, particularly in his heyday. Yeah. The staying healthy part, of course, a huge, a huge problem for Brandon here in Vancouver. Uh, North Vancouver's Martin Jones is off to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He signs. I know some people thought that, okay, should the Canucks look at adding another goaltender? Here's the other thing I'll say, though. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be up against, including the Toronto Maple Leafs with Martin Jones now, that are going to be up against goaltending decisions at the end of training camp and be putting goaltenders on waivers. And as we know from the Jacob Markstrom experience, the best time to get a goaltender through waivers is, is right there at the end of training camp when you're setting your roster. And yet, it is also the best time if you're a goaltender needy organizationally to pluck someone off the waiver
1: wire. There's going to be a lot of guys with NHL games headed towards the waiver wire and maybe the American Hockey League. And we had Kevin Woodley on the show a couple weeks ago. I want to say Jeff was in for you that day.
0: And, and Kevin brought up the point that when you take a look at teams last year, and particularly the Vegas example where Aiden Hill was, what, the fifth different starting goaltender yeah. that they used, um, there has been a spook factor here with NHL general managers, and of course coming off COVID too, where scores of goaltenders were used over a couple of seasons, that securing depth in the crease and making sure you have three guys you feel good about
1: Playing NHL games is now a thing amongst the NHL managers. Well, I, I Laurent Brossois just had a Stanley Cup party around the corner for me. Um, you know, he he was what fourth, fifth on the death chart. And you just you never know when you're going to contribute. Ends up playing eight games. Like you just never know. Mm-hmm. You never know how far down you're going to have to reach. And that, that guy played eight games in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to make sure you've got your I's dotted and T's crossed. My
2: biased goalie brain would always say that a quality backup is the most underrated part about building a team. Mm-hmm. But now it's goaltending depth as a whole, and Vegas exemplified that. Yeah. And it's not just to get you wins. It's to relieve your starter so he's fresh, so he you, you don't have to grind Demko down the stretch. Do you know where
1: Brossois is, by the way, playing this year? No. Who already signed full backup as the uh in Winnipeg, yeah.
2: Oh, with right, Della. right,
1: yeah.
0: I, yeah. I read that. Um, it's kind of like backup quarterback in the CFL. You better have somebody who can play because there's a pretty good chance that your starter at some
1: point is going to get hurt or needs a break. It's like starting quarterback in the CFL.
2: And we saw that with Martin last year, mm-hmm. we saw yeah. that with Halak the year before, right? Mm-hmm. Now they got Silovs hopefully, to come in and uh. You know, be the guy going forward.
0: Anthony Beauvillier has done an interview with the NHLPA where he talks about how much he loves Vancouver and playing in front of a Canadian market.
1: Yeah, pretty standard issue. This is not the J.T. Miller interview. I'm just, <laughs> I was, what caught me was the
0: juxtaposition yeah. where GT Miller is talking about how he isolates himself in West Vancouver intentionally and doesn't really want to engage with everything that is a Canadian market. Yeah. Anthony Bovillier said they're. Coming coming on over from the island last year talking about how much he loves it. Different strokes for different folks. We have said this over the years of this show. There are some guys who relish playing in a Canadian market, who love the fact that every game is an event, who love the fact that people around town are behind you, supportive, True, recognize you. And, and interpret you in a good way at the gas station. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like... you know ninety nine out of a hundred people. Who go up to an NHL player in person on the street or kind? Con- Roberto Luongo used to say this all the time. He goes, you know, what I he remember a conversation where he said, "What I struggle with is, you know, I've got all these people that are seemingly on me in the building and on social media, and yet I have not had a single negative interaction yeah. with man or woman on the street mm-hmm. as I go about my daily life in yeah. Vancouver."
1: Yeah, it takes a lot of stones. Oh, it does to confront somebody about
0: sports, uh, about sports and, in person. And that is frankly something that we don't talk about enough. You get treated like royalty when you're in the flesh in yeah. front of Canucks fans in the in the community. So if you stay off social media, for the most part, you'll avoid a lot of the negativity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still surprised that no NHL team has sort of, no Canadian NHL team has sort of re-engineered that yeah. and put that forward. And made that a messaging point with their players. Well, that's a good point. And here's the other thing. Of course, you win here, you're lionized. They build statues. Elementary schools named after you. Goddamn right.
1: <laughs> if you win in Anaheim, well, unless your name is Pronger, Niedermeyer, Getzlaff, Perry. Hmm. Even so, Matt, you walk through downtown Anaheim. There's not really a downtown Anaheim. If you walk through Anaheim and mention those names, how many people know who you're talking that's about? A great question. Probably not many, if any.
0: As mentioned, the BC Lions Saturday at home, 4 p.m. against the Stampeders. This is an interesting game now with the Lions coming off the blow loss to Winnipeg and Calgary beating the CFL's best team, Toronto, or at least they were, going into the game. We are sending people to the – two or four tickets, Grady. A pair. we got a pair of tickets, but we have a food and bed voucher and a – gift card for the team store, available for winning here. We're going to pick a winner tomorrow. Here's how you enter. Text us, hashtag
2: BC Lions. No, Lions. Lions. Hashtag Lions. And just Lions. Don't put, you know, pick me, pick me, or whatever else people put in because the system won't pick it up.
0: Hashtag Lions, 778-402-9680. Text it now. We're going to pick a winner tomorrow and announce. And Vernon Adams back at quarterback mm-hmm. for BC. Meanwhile, the Seattle Seahawks begin their season tonight at Lumen against the Minnesota Vikings. Did you see Captain Bell's story yesterday? No. It's got the 12s uh, a flutter. Oh, Really? Between Trey Brown's excellence at left cornerback, Michael Jackson not yielding at right quarterback, his move inside to nickel, and now his second hamstring issue in three months, his first Seahawks in NFL training camp, is not going smoothly for fifth overall pick, Devon Witherspoon. Mm. And it's got a lot of 12s going. Cornerback was a position of strength for us including one of the best rookies in the league last year in Woolen, who's not named here, not to mention the other uh, young quarterback they added last year, Kobe Bryant, from the University of Cincinnati. He was a decorated collegian. They chose to go with Witherspoon fifth overall. You know that Pete Carroll is a DB coach at heart and his visions of Legion of Doom 2.0. And this Witherspoon kid was so easy to fall in love with at Illinois because he was a man-press corner who hit people as well. A complete sort of corner for the modern game. But he was the last player to sign of all draft picks. He was late getting into camp, and now he has got more hamstring injuries. And this is going to be a debate point for a long time around this team. You had a rare opportunity with that Denver first-round pick to pick in the top five at a quarterback or at a player at a different position. A lot of people thought the best talents available there were defensive linemen, not corners. Anyways, we'll see how it all plays out for the Seahawks, but they get going tonight
1: against the Vikings in preseason play. These little hamstring injuries are tricky. Uh, especially in football. Ryan gold has got one under the white caps, and you can see it. That's why he came out the other day versus Tigris, is... You know, every once in a while, flares up. It is hard to get rid of it entirely. Like, you sort of battle it throughout the year. I mean, for this two-week break here for the Whitecaps, that might be a good thing for them for Gold. But you kind of need that. Like, it might be best for the Seahawks if they just let the kids sit for a few weeks to try to get rid of it. But they are annoying.
0: The Seattle Mariners have won seven in a row. They're 23-10 and 10 since Canada Day. It's the best record in the majors, and they're now two games back of the Toronto Blue Jays for the final wild card in the American League. Do you remember the movie Major League mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the clubhouse basically knew that ownership and management was against them and decided... Big middle finger to both of them. Let's go play our tails off. You've got a little bit of that happening right now in Seattle. You've got a GM and an owner who quit on the clubhouse at the trade deadline, traded the closer Seawald, traded out some other veteran guys, did not bring anything in, and basically said, uh, you know, without saying it directly, we don't think we can win this year, despite having the best
1: rotation in the American. League. You know what I haven't seen on that front though is you know, there's still the non waiver deadline or the waiver deadline, right? Like mm-hmm. back in the day, you still saw a couple of August yeah. moves um for the high priced players and nobody else wants to have a uh, have a bite on. Is that is that possible for the Mariners? Can they have a I sober d- second you know thought? What? I want to say they got rid of that did they?
0: deadline. They did but okay. I'm gonna have to double check that on East yeah. and O's. Canadian Matt Brash picks up his eighth win from Kingston, Ontario, Brash, hard-throwing reliever. In fact, a lot of people thought he might get some closing opportunities here with Seawall gone. He's got one more win than staff ace Luis Castillo. And the M's have allowed five runs in the last four games, three or less than seven of nine. The pitching has been extraordinary there. And that's the one thing I think people were pointing to about this club is, God, you've got the most important element. Of course, they swept the Angels, and Brash made Otani look ridiculous with a three pitch strikeout in that series. A lot of things going the Seattle Mariners' way. A lot of things going the Vancouver Canadians way, too. They beat Tri-City last night at the Nat 4 2. They're there through Sunday. Go check them out. Canadian Adam Mako or Canadian Slovak Adam Mako, four hits. Uh sorry, four innings, one run ball. He's the Jays' number nine prospect. Seas had just four hits yesterday, but they were all for extra bases. And infielder Michael Turconi, who has been exceptional for them, hitting 300 with a 418 on base and a 904 OPS, has been promoted to double A New Hampshire. So the Seas are starting to lose some of the guys. And we talked about this in advance of their playoff series in September, who have fueled a lot of this um, terrific play, not only winning the first half, but being the best team in the Northwest League. In the second half. Congratulations to Turcone. He very much deserved it. In fact, it was that Tuesday night game Tuesday night's game and talking a little bit about that each and every time he came up to the plate that that was a guy who age wise and production wise was on the verge of a call up, so good for him. Congratulations. Blake, one last thing here. No welcome at today before we get into the menu and run down what we got going on in the show. We have our annual match. At Northlands Golf Course today mm. versus Gary Nettergaard and Steve Haggard, the brain trust over there at Northlands. We have never beat them. Two losses and a draw. We need our best players to be our best players today.
1: Okay? Oh, oh you're looking at me. Okay. I haven't played in three weeks, but all uh, right.
0: I, see, I went and got my clubs regripped mm-hmm. on the weekend, mm. and I got a practice round in on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You haven't played in three weeks.
3: No. You got a broken toe, Failed too. Fail to
0: plan, Blake, plan to fail, okay?
1: Got a broken pinky toe as well, by the way, sorry.
0: Okay, can we shoot you up with something? <laughs> <laughs> we
2: we can't have the Blake Price we saw out in Whistler a couple of weeks exactly. ago. Exactly. Says we the mean, guy who had to take I some shot, holes I off. I shot
1: 39 on the back. Oh. Okay, can we really, need that guy. Yeah. We need that guy.
0: Okay, so just get your mind right. If your body can't be right, get your mind right. You've got to be Gary. I'll take care of Steve. By the way, the pandemic killed the uh, waiver deadline. Yeah, I thought so. Today's menu brought to you by The Dutch. The breakfast, the brunch, the lunch. Get it all at The Dutch. We'll talk to Rob Williams. Rob, the hockey guy. Topics include JT Miller and Brandon Sutter. Wally Buono. The finest football professional this country has ever produced. Of course, former GMBC Lions head coach. All time leader CFL wins as a head coach. He's going into the Lions Wall of Fame on Saturday alongside the Water Boys. Fantastic catching up with Wally. Uh, just a note on that: Blake doesn't participate because you had fog issues. Was it getting out of Nanaimo or? Literally? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you'll only hear my voice on that. By um, the way, shout out to Neil Osborne. Uh, good luck uh, to fifty four forty on their gig in Thunder Bay. He was on the, <laughs> It was just me and him on the plane. And uh, looking forward 40 fan, uh you know, they're uh, well, Neil, friends of the show.
0: Yeah, Neil and Dave and, and, and Matt and Brad have all said to us in the past, we enjoy listening. They're all big sportsmen. Matt's a huge Whitecaps fan. Um, and uh, they've been kind enough, uh, took us backstage a number of years ago at one of their shows at the Grey Cup in Winnipeg. And uh, they're playing the Commodore in October, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Peach Fest. Uh, next week or the week after? I forget when. In Penticton. Yeah. 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 Then as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Wally Buono joining the show and we'll go to the people here. Your hot takes, your tell me I'm wrong, so of course never a bad time to send them in. Text seven seven eight four zero two ninety six eighty. email live at com or on Twitter at sacarsomeprice. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits and the Penticton V season well underway. It means it's time to visit The Neighborhood Watch. It's a vendor experience at the South Okanagan Event Center. Enjoy your favorite neighborhood beers while attending any event or a Penticton V's game. And Blake and I have been there several times. Fantastic vantage point. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood
1: or workshop spirit. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting you can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca.
0: care some price from wall center presentation applewood auto group and hashtags the best
1: and worst of twitter is brought to you by jason hominick of jason.mortgage i uh, just just seconds ago speaking of hashtags retweeted a jason hominick tweet mm. he says there are times when i meet with a client and the best answer is to stay the course and not make changes i always give my clients the best advice that works for them i'm like a commission salesperson at a bank you actually get to talk to Jason. See, that's that's the benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know when the best time is to lock in your rate for a new mortgage? Right now. Right <laughs> now. It doesn't mean you have to sign it, actually execute the mortgage, but lock in the rate. Jason.mortgage.
0: At Arash Madani, per sources, Halifax Mayor Mike Savage met this week with CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. I'm told Savage is in Toronto on another matter, but the two had lunch. League and Halifax area sources tell me they're, quote, still working away at it on talks about an expansion team in Nova Scotia. Ambrosi said over the course of the weekend that there are three communities that are interested. Now, you know, straight from the commissioner's playbook, you always have more interested cities, right, in your league and straight from the NBA. You need those stalking horses to create leverage. Who are we kidding? We know it's Halifax. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't doubt that there's a politician in Windsor or somewhere like that who wants to, you know, create some headlines and some buzz. Because, as you know, Blake, politicians will run to sports, right?
1: As a cheap way of voting. Oh yeah, let's bring in this team here. I'm, bring, I'm hip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, in this uh, stuffy um, blue suit, I'm very hip. I love the basketball.
0: But, but, but here's the thing: um, this league has desperately needed uh, a tenth team for some time. And this, I think we're finally down to brass tacks here. Of course, we had a pretty good, um, there was a pretty good arrangement there with former Coyotes executive Anthony LeBlanc prior to the pandemic, which scuttled everything. So we're back starting up again in Halifax. And, and really, this has been a 40-year thing for the Canadian Football League in Halifax, 45 years even. Uh, but to me, and look, there's plenty to criticize him about. I think he's also done some good. This will be what Randy Ambrosie is judged on. Can you deliver the tenth team in Halifax?
1: Uh, honestly, it has the potential to be an outright hit, like a, like, yep. a, like a Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It also has the potential to be an utter failure. Like I, I really do believe there is a real risk that they get nine thousand a game somewhere pretty soon down the road. Because yeah, not the honeymoon period, but yeah. Four years, five years down the road. I
0: think, this, I think that region is thirsty enough to be in a bigger league than what they have been in. Uh, I think it's encouraging the success of the CPL team there, the Wanderers. At the end of the day, you are only asking for nine home dates plus a preseason game. I think it's got a chance to be a regional team if you market it appropriately. Yeah. And we remember how much spirit and vigor a reborn Ottawa franchise brought to the league several years back, Mm -hmm. where going to that stadium was fun, where the ownership and marketing there certainly did its part and helped out at a league level uh, in terms of just getting young people into the facility Creating those you know mix zones where people can just sort of go and party, and the games on in the background. I, I I think done right, Halifax could bring that special Atlanta Canada, Atlanta Canadian flavor to the league. I'm very hopeful to see this done. I hope Ambrosi gets it across the line.
1: Does um, Acadia University did it? It's a Wolfville. No, but did mm-hmm. it lose its football program? Or do they still have it? No, no, they I don't think it? so. Okay. I, I mean, I may have missed something. Uh, I thought one of them lost their uh, football program Mount A. Maybe, maybe Mount A, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just I, I, Acadia Axman is a good is a good uh, regional <laughs> name. I like that one. They could just go to that.
0: Um, well, he, and frankly, St. Mary Husky stadium looked pretty good there for touchdown Atlantic. It did, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. At Pletigol, Florian Plettenberg from Sky Sports, I can confirm that Ari Kane is actually hesitating. And FC Bayern is aware of it. Despite the verbal agreement with Bayern, despite the agreement in principle between Bayern and Tottenham, I've been just told it's 50-50 oh, wow. for Kane right now. Uh, they're looking to replace Robert Lewandowski, obviously, uh, is Bayern, and mm-hmm. uh, that would be a very, very worthwhile replacement. To say the least. But can they actually... They've got the fish beside the boat. Mm-hmm. It's another thing I, to bring it in. Yeah, I was reading
0: that this would be the biggest transfer to the Bundesliga. That you oh, yeah. had 100 million pound transfers of players before. Yeah. But it's a select list and never to the Bundesliga. Right. Sometimes yeah. from the Bundesliga. Yeah. At Nuclear Golf, following a player meeting with Jay Monaghan in Memphis, Tom Holgi told ESPN, he's a touring pro, quote, it's a very real possibility, end quote, that the deal between the PIF and PGA Tour may not materialize. Quote, there's a lot of moving parts that have to come together for it. Monahan told players that the tour hopes to have a deal by year's end. Ricky Fowler, who was in attendance, said, quote, there's still a whole lot that no one really knows. It's just continuing to trust that leadership, and everyone is doing what's best for all of us in the tour moving forward. Some of that was talked about in calls before this. There really wasn't that many guys in the meeting, or less than I thought there would have been. Uh, including Rory McElroy, who did not attend. In fact, a couple of the player directors did not attend.
1: They, like, they didn't attend on purpose or they weren't invited? No, they did not attend.
0: Everyone was invited. Attendance was sparse. Hmm. I think there still remains a trust gap between Jay Monaghan and the players. Yeah, And I don't think releasing next year's schedule is sort of enough to solve this. I think the players and Blake, I don't know how you feel about it. We're seeing something similar in college football with realignment. The lopping off of the weak partners that don't bring commercial value, which is basically what the Pac Ten Conference is done. Yeah. Saying yeah. Washington State, Oregon State don't bring a ton of value. Yeah. You know, as commercial entities. So let's go join the Big Ten. Do tournaments need to be 125 players going forward? And Where are you compensating down to for guys who stayed loyal to the PGA Tour? Yeah. The top 50? The top 75? Are you really going to be paying out 150 players or so, like everybody who's got status as an alternate sort of thing?
1: Yeah.
0: So really messy stuff with a group of people that don't trust the leadership. I mean, Fowler's the exception for the most part.
1: See the beauty about golf is
0: this: Th- these playoffs are going to end, and
1: then a whole nother mess. I would suspect is going to happen here. The beauty of golf is on, and, and you know there are dominant players, obviously, but on any given week, some random can win a tournament. Yep, a- and and there are good underdog stories, but they don't typically push the needle commercially. No, in terms of viewership. No, but what I'm saying is. Do you give that guy a vote? Do you give that underdog, that potential winner, a vote? Did the one guy that's got one win and otherwise finishes 70th every single week, does he get a vote or does he get compensation? I don't know. Staying with golf at Darren Ravel, Incredible detail in Billy Walter's book, Gambler, excerpted this morning by Alan Shipnuck. Walter's records show Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, bet at least $311 million in their five-year gambling partnership. He says he believes the golfer bet one billion dollars on sports over the last three decades. Others have reported that that uh, he tried to place a four hundred thousand dollar wager on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, in which he was a participant. Now betting on himself to win, yeah, and and that, it's a detail that has dogged the Pete Rose story a little bit. If you bet on yourself to win, is is that so bad? I think commissioners' offices
0: they hate it. would would say no, but yeah. uh, I, I think the public, particularly in this environment now, where yeah, we have taken some, uh, we have legalized sports gambling to a much r- larger degree than we have previously. I also find this amusing that it 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 comes in a week where. Phil is caught, recorded, or maybe not even caught. Maybe he knew he no, was being for he saw record. the camera there. He saw the yeah. camera there talking to Bryson DeChambeau about a cash game, and he made sure to point out to Bryson. I don't Venmo. He doesn't Venmo. He doesn't <laughs> PayPal. None of that shit. Stray cash.
1: <laughs> Gee, I wonder why, Phil. And the verbiage just flows off of his tongue mm-hmm. like he's done it. A- yeah, oh, my God. He has
0: set the rules yeah. for a cash game. Many many times before
1: that much is oh, clear. He was reading from a script. There was no explanation required there. Well, in this book, this was committed to memory. In this book, he he bet one hundred and ten reportedly bet one hundred and ten thousand dollars to win a hundred thousand 1, eleven hundred times. Yeah. Like, on the reg, is throwing down $110,000 bets. He famously put a big bet on the Baltimore
0: Ravens to win a Super Bowl the year they won yeah, those Super Bowl. 500K, I believe. Whatever it was. Yeah. Lastly, from me, uh, miss this coming out of the weekend. At G. Miller TSN, because I, I suspect we're going to get details of this Hockey canner report about the uh, World Junior Team and the sexual assault allegations in London soon here. Canada's last 12 months in international hockey. Holenka Gretzky Cup, gold. World Junior Championship, gold. Women's World Championship, gold. That was August 2022. Then Mm -hmm. this next year, World Juniors, gold. World Women's U18, gold. Men's World Championship, gold. Holenka Gretzky, gold. And Ben Steiner adds, it's not a double IHF event, but Canada won gold in both men's and women's hockey at the FISA uh, Fisu World University Games. So Canada is back to world dominance. World dominance in hockey, and now Hockey Canada is going to go through a whole lot more negative headlines yeah. after this report is released.
1: Yeah, they, they, they you, should be trumpeting themselves from the highest mountaintop right now, and instead do it of the, now. Yeah, because we know what's coming. And
0: that's hashtags for today. It's a Harris price from Wall Center and a presentation of Applewood Auto Group.
1: Headed to Applewood Mitsubishi today. Matt. Oh, yeah. lucky you! Yeah, I believe I'm going to take the Mitsubishi Outlander for a little bit oh, of a test roll. Cool. And uh, this will be my first time jumping into a uh, FEV. You know what FEV is? You know what FEV is? F E V P H P H E V. Plug-in hybrid electric ah. vehicle. Yes, uh, i never. I I don't know what to expect. But I'm really excited. Uh, really cool new lines on the Outlander. And uh, I'll uh, be reporting throughout the, uh, the course do. of the month. Please so, do. Uh, you want to take one for a test drive? Head to Applewood, Mitsubishi in the Richmond Automobile. That's right. they got an animal hospital above them as well. That's right. They do.
0: Bodog poll question today with Harry Carlson now in Pittsburgh. Is Quinn Hughes the best defenseman in the Pacific Division? Yes or no. You can vote at Secure Some Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source. Free casino games, poker tra- strategy, sports odds. The Lions have high expectations this year. And believe it or not, I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. They have completely sold out their season tickets for the first time in 21 years. And Dan Campbell, you know, he bites ankles. I can see him being the type of coach who wants to set the tone with a home win in preseason over the Giants. So we're taking them tomorrow. Plus 125 on your Bodog line of the day. Joining us now, as he does on Thursdays, the national sports editor of the Daily Hive and their offside sports vertical. It is Rob, the hockey guy. Rob Williams here with Sick Harrison Price. How are we doing?
4: Doing great. I'm wondering if the De- are the Detroit Lions, do they have uh, L. Cool J playing uh, before the game or anything? Or what's going on there?
0: <laughs> well, this isn't the regular season home opener, Rob, so we'll see what they have <laughs> planned. I would think, you know, with Motown there, they have. A selection of people that they could bring to the game, but yeah, the first time in many, many years the Detroit Lions have expectations and may well be. I think they their may favorite. have lost the numbers
1: of anybody I, in. Uh, I see that the music scene there, there.
4: There's teams that are like selling out open practices in the NFL right now. Like that's yeah. like, what mm-hmm. a, I mean. Geez, it says something about the popularity of your league when you can do that.
0: Did Did you guys see that the Hall of Fame? game the preseason kickoff game every year for the league this year's game did better than like NBA playoff games Stanley Cup finals like there is a huge appetite for the national football league and part of it rob is that it goes away long enough for people to miss it like it it happens every year camp start in July and by that august long weekend I've got people wanting to talk to me about the NFL, people salivating for the start of the National Football League season in September. And it's
1: it's really, I mean, we shouldn't have to give them credit for this, guys, because it is a punishing, punishing game, and you couldn't elongate the schedule anything more than they have already done. They're going to try for 18, Blake, but yes, I hear you. But, you know, the fact that, you know, it hasn't, been stretched to like a, a magnificent level it it, it speaks to um, their knowledge that you just you just can't you, you, you couldn't possibly but I, I think you're you're right and this comes at the same time that the uh, world football leagues and we're talking soccer at this point are all coming back together and it feels like they just yeah handed out their
4: hardware yeah soccer off seasons are, are the shortest of all like seven weeks yeah <laughs> yeah like mls cup gets gets hand well i guess they, they've changed a little bit now but it seemed like it wasn't mls cup would get handed out in december and in january the white caps would report for a training camp
1: <laughs> yeah De- december 15th i think it was one of the leagues it was one of the uh, mls cups i mean it was crazy but
4: yeah that's just life
0: Rob, I understand the JT Miller interview caught your ear uh, this week as well. What uh, what specifically did you highlight from that appearance with Cam and Strick?
4: Well, speaking of uh, you know waiting for something to return, I feel like we're, you know we're in the dog days of of uh, the hockey season right now, just waiting for any kind of news. And uh, JT Miller gave us a gift uh, with one heck of an interview. I thought um, on the, on the Cam and Strick podcast, and you know. You, you got to hand it to JT. He's un- unapologetically himself, isn't he? Um, yeah, I, I thought, I mean, the the first thing I, I sort of latched on to was, uh, was the fact he's getting chirped by all of his teammates for living in West Van. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I thought that was funny, but I just, I I, I thought it was uh, kind of a fun part of the of the interview, and and a lot of people responded to me with like, didn't? players used to live like didn't a lot of players used to live in West Van you know, it's like a lot of wealthy people in our city gravitate to West Vancouver uh, a lot of wealthy players on the Canucks Todd Bertuzzi I know used to live in West Vancouver but no longer apparently it's just JT and I guess we have do we have the is it the Lionsgate bridge traffic is it is Blake you'd know better than me either. is that just way worse I, than it I, used to be
1: I think there just seemed to be a West Side uh, a magnet for a long time, and I think a lot of the young guys will be Yale Town, uh, but and then the older guys go to the West Side. But I, I, there's never been a huge population. Oh, Higgins lived in in West Van as well, but um, it's never been a huge. I, West Side has always been uh, the bigger congregation, I think. So. Um, but yeah, I get it because West Van, despite the fact I think it's changing, I, I think it still gets the old person sort of uh, <laughs> reputation. And JT uh, <laughs> being on the older side of this roster, I'm sure they have some fun with them. I, I do
4: think it's interesting that the the new players in the team, if you you know just look at the I, – I mean, I'm not following any players home or anything like that. But you look at their Instagram accounts, <laughs> it seems like a lot of the brand new players live in the Aquilini Tower, like right next to the rink. Which yeah. uh, you know that's that's maybe a little close to the to the rink you, th- you think they'd find somewhere else. I don't know if they have like. Do you want Canucks to look at your condos? place of work yeah. all the time? Yeah, exactly. I, I know that's, Bruce. That's a weird. Bruce Boudreaux, I know, was living there when when uh, he was coaching the team. I recall we kind of just were exiting the rink at the same time, and I remember it was pouring rain, and he walked out without it, didn't even have an umbrella, just like walked out right in the middle of the t- awful. Vancouver winter and just you know walk 10 seconds in the rain and then he was and then he was at his condo so uh, pretty convenient in, in that respect, but uh, Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like Yale Town's got to be the most popular place for Canucks players daily hives offices in in Yale towns that we you know, you just randomly see uh, Canucks players walking around the neighborhood. It's not not so unusual. So
1: I used to see Chris Tannif with to go boxes <laughs> all the time. He was always, you know, sort of pre DoorDash, Chris Tannif was always going out, walking to get his takeout food. I well, he they used cook. to send
0: him home with healthy meals, right? <laughs> yeah. Part of the uh, yeah. Gillis plan. Yeah. We don't expect young people to come here and get everything right, so we're going to make it as easy for them as possible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Tannif was uh, of that generation. Our poll question, our Bulldog poll question caught your eye yesterday as well, Rob. We asked if JT Miller is he one of your favorite Canucks? And got very split voting throughout the day
4: <laughs> yeah fabulous job guys on um, this is that's like sports talk radio sports sports talk podcasting uh, genius here when you get it that close to 50 well,
1: well well rob well, let me tell you when we were we, like for, we'll take people behind the curtain here we have a little bit of a powwow on on a poll question i mean it doesn't go to a half an hour but we talk for five or ten minutes about what the poll question so we were beating around the gt miller bush and then i was like how about we just ask people if they like him? <laughs>
4: <laughs> and it was as simple as that. And it went right down the middle. I mean, it's such an interesting, and I, and I when I saw it, I thought, geez, yeah, like, this is going to be, this is going to be divided. And I, I feel like we use the the term like polarizing uh, a lot in, in sports. Um, and I think we sometimes use it incorrectly. Like we'll talk about like Eric Branson being a polarizing player and Lucas Biza being a polarizing player. I mean, those guys weren't really that polarizing. Like they were not really that well liked, you know, by Canucks fans. As yeah, players. They, yeah. they, they weren't yeah. very good here. Right. Uh, yeah. JT Miller, there's so much good. There's so much that you like. And then there's the other side of the coin. And I think, what we see with J.T. Miller would be so much different if this if he was surrounded on, with a, a winning team. This I was just would be say this. Yeah. completely different. One, there yeah. there wouldn't be the need for as many outbursts because they'd be winning more often. Two, you're you're surrounded by better players, so it's not all on you to be doing this. And three, like you know, when you're passionate and slamming your stick and getting mad and then you go out there and score and the team wins, people love you, right? When you do that and and you lose, you know, it looks like you're losing your composure. So I think that a lot of that is, is quite different. And also like the, the Canucks have had to lean on him so much. Like they've, they've played him out of his depth, right? Like playing him 23, 24 minutes a night on some nights, playing him, uh, you know, on the penalty kill where he's ill suited. If they, if they put him in a different situation, I think we'd see it a lot different, but I I can understand why, why fans love him, right? Like he goes on the podcast, says how he, he doesn't like some of these, some of the media says how he loves the passion of the fans. Like what fan doesn't hate some of the members of the media and, and, and is passionate. Right. So like, I totally get it. Right.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean, messenger shooting is quite popular, particularly when the club has been uncompetitive yeah. for a decade. Um, you've got to find tails to pin. Yeah uh Brandon Sutter uh, talk about a good news story that a lot of people I would think non-polarizing yeah. story that a 100% of Canucks nation can get behind Brandon Sutter is healthy enough again to try and re- restart his National Hockey League career uh sounds like he's getting a PTO in Edmonton
4: yeah i mean that story broke this week and uh i mean i mean i, I want to say it's fantastic news but geez, we'll see right like uh, it, a is he healthy enough, or, or is he, you know, is he going to be able to withstand the rigors of the NHL? That's, um, you know, that's the first question. Clearly, he, he he thinks he can give it a go, so he's so he's going to try. The second part is like, does he still have it? You know, he's 34 years old now, has has been out of the league for two years, has been through a lot health wise. Uh, can he do it? I mean, if he can, if he can be close to the player that he was, I think that, you know, especially on the Oilers, like that would be a, a, a good fit. Like they're looking for a penalty killer, they're looking for a guy that can win faceoffs, looking for a fourth line center. So it does seem to check a lot of boxes for them, but like, you know, the jury is out if, if he can, if he can do it. But I, you know, I think people will be cheering for him in Vancouver. That's for sure. He
0: was on the decline anyway, guys, Hold right? On. He Hold was on, on the decline Hold anyway. On. A right shot <laughs> penalty
1: killing. Face off, winning. Yeah, who else? Center, yes, on a PTO. <laughs> but he, you know, here's the thing: is, hmm. he, is he a penalty killing center still? Does he have? I mean, he was not fast to begin with. Costs you nothing to look. Oh no! For a PTO, by all means. Mm-hmm. For a PTO, by all means. But in terms of projecting whether or not, let's pretend he didn't even have long COVID. Let, let, let's let's pretend he was whatever broke his leg. And he was coming back, or something even more benign than that. I broke his elbow, so he's coming back. He's got his, he's got his legs the same way they were. I think he'd still be hard pressed to make the NHL um, uh, this year. You know, as a fourth line center for a million bucks. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's possible to attain for him. But I think he's going to be uphill, regardless of his health, based on where we last I mean, saw this him. Is
4: why we we. Scrutinize long contracts beyond the age of thirty, right? Like players just fall off just naturally. Like even if they're in shape, yeah. even if they're playing every season, uh, to expect a player to be good until he's thirty-four is a tough ask for for a lot of guys. So it's it's going to be really difficult uh, for Sutter, and that's why that's the only thing I'm I'm you know holding back the you know excitement in this story is like can he do it? Will he be willing to, you know, will they, uh, will the Oilers be willing to sign him to a two way contract? And will he be willing to, to maybe get his legs underneath them in in the AHL, uh, you know, to try to work his way back? That might be a little more realistic um, scenario. And and maybe he's, he's a, you know, one of the early call ups for them when they need, when they needed some bodies. but yeah, just I mean the fact that he that he's able to just even just compete in training camp and feels like he's able to do that because I mean he wasn't able to do that for two years. He, like he didn't he didn't touch the ice in Vancouver, um, you know over over um, you know a- yeah, after after the the whole uh, long COVID uh, bout that he had.
1: Very happy for the person. Mm-hmm. Very yes. happy for the
0: person. Indeed. Uh, uh, wish him the best. Uh, hoping to talk to him here kind of up soon. Rob, thanks for this, buddy. You have a fantastic week. We'll catch up next week.
4: You too. Thank you. Oh, to the people. To the people. Yes. Let's go to those people,
0: shall we? we? have to go to the people. I miss the people there. It's been a long, frustrating time for people here. To the people we go. To the people we go, brought to you by our man of the people, Jason Hominick of Jason.Mortgage. And Jason doesn't just do residential mortgages. He does commercial, too. If you're a business owner looking to buy your building, a builder, a developer looking for options beyond your bank, give Jason a call. Find him at Jason.Mortgage. We start with a hot take from JC, and this is elaborate. JT Miller's recent appearance on the Camden Trick podcast is confirmation that he will be the next Canucks captain. The populace believes that his passion, commitment, and candor demonstrated on the podcast will lead management into thinking he is, quote, Captain Material. On the contrary, his appearance on the podcast is a public relations play engineered, orchestrated, and scripted by Canucks management to fool the populace into thinking that Miller, who has already been granted the C, is, quote, Captain Material. A lot going on here, JC.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big take. You're usually a little more streamlined, JC. I'm going to go Luke because Ooh. I don't think they're conducting any of that kind of business right now. I don't think JT Miller could stick to a script. No, no. I think right. he's that impulsive. Yeah, I think that's and probably that true too. that sort of blurred out, honest, uh, the world as he sees it. But I, I don't believe that the captaincy is, as well, I won't say it hasn't crossed the mind. It hasn't come close to being a front burner issue for management yet. That's a September mm-hmm. issue. Well, I don't know.
0: They, they're, talk, they're, talk
1: it strikes me as a guy who might.
0: Oh, they might have a cursory talks mm, about it, but I don't think it's been drilled I'll, down. I'll, I'll go hot just to throw it into Graney's corner to break the tie.
2: Yeah, I'm going with you. It's a good little conspiracy, but I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. Hot, hot, hot.
0: Tell me I'm wrong, from Adam, the former bath guy. While being competitive, Canada will never have golfers or tennis players consistently at the top of the standings. I.e., John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, or Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic. Look. It is an exceedingly high bar in tennis, and this Alcaraz kid is
1: going to keep it yeah. exceedingly high. But can we ask, like, I, I are don't Chapo want and Nebler. Felix disappointing? What's that? Are Chapo and Felix disappointing? I think they are. Yeah, I, 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 I expected I, more.
0: Previewing a coming welcome mat here, but this has been a tougher summer. For Canada, in some of the sports where we thought we were rising. Yeah. Soccer, the ladies knocked out. We still have a U.S. Open here, but it has not been a great year on the tennis courts, men's or women. Oh, absolutely. And um, the basketball team better do something down in Indonesia and the World and the FIBA World Cup, the men's team.
1: I think. Leilani Fernandez just won her first. Seeded, I thought be, just beat her first seeded player in like a year and a half oh, or really? something like
0: that. Like so, what I would say with Adam is, if you kept it strictly to tennis, Adam, I might tell you you are right. I do think it's conceivable you could get a golfer up there into the world top five and have them stay there. I am not sure it's Corey Connors because I am just not sure he's good enough as a putter. And the same may be the case for Series Adam Svensson. But I could see a golf prodigy coming here. How
1: old do you think Corey Connors is? He's older than you think, right? To me, he's younger than, than I thought. Oh, okay. 30? 31. Yeah. I, I thought he was 36. Mm-hmm. So there's still some golf. He was in kind Corey of a, bl-
0: a late bloomer, right? Like nobody expected him out of Kent State to be the best Canadian tour player, but that's what he's turned into. He didn't have the amateur career that some others did. But
1: all those Including guys are Taylor. I mean, most although, of these guys are right in their You
0: could probably argue Taylor is the best player now, based on the RBC Open win. He
1: is also, of course, the highest ranked in the FedEx Cup, and he's the oldest. He's thirty five. Taylor's thirty five. Svensson's twenty nine. Connors is thirty one. Leaf, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. JT Miller visualizes whack a mole during media scrums.
0: <laughs> Perhaps I, I could see that. Yeah. On the Frank Corrado interview. Sometimes we do, too. <laughs> TLE Van says, I love JT. He speaks his mind. He's got a really dry sense of humor. He plays with passion and really cares about winning. If we had more players like him, we'd be a very hard team to play against. Well, there's the defensive side, but he's a solid player, and he expects more from himself than others, and he gets frustrated by losing. These guys are professional players. They're expected to be at the top of their game. It's not, quote, let's go get a trophy for showing up, league. He competes.
1: You need someone to rev up the room. I agree with a lot of that. I agree with a lot of it. I wish there was another alpha dog in the room, though. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a, not a competing in terms of a uh, adversary to him, but I, I wish there was another loud voice in the room that was of a different mm-hmm. construct a little bit. And that's where the Bo Horvat loss maybe hurts a little bit.
0: Brandon, Brandon says, I miss Canuck's Twitter. I got blocked because how they handled the Bruce firing and pointing out the owner is the problem. Did they actually block you, Brandon? Wow.
2: Yeah, they were blocking a lot of people. Were they? Oh yeah.
0: Wow. Uh they clearly can't handle facts. Ducks, Hawks, Sharks are all contenders before this team that will never rebuild and is always selling that we're a playoff team. Brandon, you can interact with many on Canucks Twitter, if not
1: the Canucks account itself. But this this goes back to the Orioles thing. Like honestly, pointing out the you know, mm. the faults of the team is now a problem for the fan base in the eyes of the team. Come on. Yeah.
2: Shrek's swamp. There's a lot of people though that take it too far, and I'm sure this is, yeah, who's just, all the time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
2: Earlier in
0: the year, and even all throughout his 99 point season, I shit on JT Miller constantly. However, after the Horvat trade, he was becoming easily one of my favorites on the team. I really do believe the second half of the season was his absolute best he has played in his career. Hopefully, he keeps that play up because that's exactly what we need from him. To be honest, though, at the moment, he's probably my third favorite Canuck behind the two obvious choices. He's yeah. Than, yeah. Uh, Benjamin says, "Go rewatch the playoffs. Watch how many Knights and Panthers slam their sticks. It's called passion. A team of Bessers
1: will go nowhere." Okay. Yeah, and I hear you there about Knights and Panthers slamming their sticks potentially. Although I'd still like to see how many times that happened. But that's the playoffs. That's when everything is on the line. Yeah. When you're out of the playoffs, it's February the 26th, and you're slamming your stick about you know the result against uh, you know the Coyotes. I mean, it's sort of. You know, put it to something more constructive, perhaps.
0: I don't necessarily think it's the timing. I think it's the number of them. You know, like, one of the things that I've heard about the Canucks room is that JT outbursts so often that he's now kind of easy to
1: tune out. Mm-hmm. People, Guys are just like, oh, JT's going off again. Yeah, well, that's true. And and it's Boy Who Cried Wolf stuff. Like, mm-hmm. if there's something to get excited about, by all means. Uh, This is Mellow Yellow. It says, how can anyone discount Pearson?
0: The guy had a hand injury. It's not a leg injury or concussion. He can still skate, run, lift, stay in condition. No, he broke his left hand, and he's left-handed. Even if the hand is like 90%, he can still defend. Not like he was the scorer. I
1: suppose. No, you still want him to score 20, I think.
0: Well, 20. Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: On the Dolly Wall interview, Mike.
0: Yep, that lack of a third-line center is a real worry, and we know how the injury bug hits the West Coast. But here we go again with calling for someone. Any one of the prospects need to rise up and become a regular contributor on this team because a center might not be available for the price they are asking. Absolutely right, Mike. We
1: have that discussion. None of the prospects are really that— Sasson,
0: Ratu, like it's probably too Carlson? early for them. No, like
1: it's not I happening. Carlson can play the middle here.
0: Um, None of them are prime candidates. So. on the Jim Robson interview, Left Coaster sixty seven says, "Thank you, Jim, for everything. The tone, the cadence, he's like a warm blanket. He will always be the voice. It's a good day when I hear his voice. Oh, marvelous!" And Bradley said,
1: "We can tell you though. We we, we completed that. He's eighty eight years old, Jim mm-hmm. Robson. We completed that interview. We like, wow, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yep. Like, that's an eighty eight year old. Yep." Sharp as a tack. Yeah, in he, tune with the current
0: team. Yeah, yeah. he called me. Said, "Man, I'm having a little trouble logging on." We got him logged on, and then
2: bang, just hit the uh, tally light, and off he went. Yeah, all positive feedback on the interview. A lot
1: of w-
0: the same, wonderful uh,
2: types of comments.
0: Yeah, uh, Bradley says Jim Robinson, the very pinnacle of sports announcers for me. I grew up listening to him, and nobody—and I mean nobody—has ever replaced him in this. In my heart, he goes on. You're the best, Jim. Uh, Rob Williams from last week. In 1983, the Lower Mainland had 1.3 residents, the Canucks had 16,000 tickets to sell. In 2023, the Lower Mainland has 2.6 million residents, the Canucks have 20,000 tickets to sell. It's to the point where the team can stink and all the tickets still get sold.
1: That's a good t- We've talked about this comparison. in the past. Yep.
0: If the Canucks don't fear that their fan base will punish them with their wallets, then they can continue managing
1: in this manner. Yeah, the, the, the population has got to the point, and we saw this in other markets, particularly Toronto, where there's just one, I mean, they've got, I mean, in the Golden Horseshoe, eight million people probably, or six anyway. Um, so it doesn't matter what happens.
0: Cranky Canucks fans, don't let the more acerbic aspects of Miller's personality make him a Kessler comparison. They play two different styles. Miller could be Kessler if he played a relentless 200-foot game, but he's yet to show that he's willing to do that space. Annie. Miller wishes he was half the defensive player. Miller uh, Kessler was. Miller's probably better offensively, but not even in the same stratosphere defensively. Benning fan club. Kessler single-handedly won two series himself in the cup
1: run. Miller can't even make this team a top 16 team in the league. And the lone dissenting voice at managed miss. Is hitting, fighting, and otherwise intimidating opposing players not a defensive quality? You're either myopic or obtuse GT is as effective in his way mm-hmm. as Kessler, I think mismanaged that people would uh, vociferously disagree. He doesn't fight that much. Mm-hmm. He doesn't intimidate physically. No way.
0: On yesterday's welcome, out where I mentioned, you know, the Canadians pick up a second-round pick here and some pliable veterans for being a trade broker. Conditional first says, do they know that being a third-party trade broker in this scenario requires taking on a 35-year-old Jeff Petrie for two years at $4.68 billion? Who's coming off an abysmal year? Uh, this seemed to be unclear with some. Yes. I, did, I many. did not suggest that the Canucks should have taken the Canadians' role in this three team Eric Carlson trade. What I suggested was over a decade of losing and uncompetitive seasons, we did not see the Vancouver Canucks execute these types of deals where they used their cap space, where they used the fact that they were going to be
2: uncompetitive. To collect assets by being a broker, yeah, the comprehension skills of a certain faction of Canucks' oh, look, weren't they, too strong. To be though.
1: fair, I, I I think this is a very poor example of brokering deals. I, I didn't think Do Montreal. You? I didn't think Montreal accomplished a ton there. Um, even with okay. even when you factor in what they may or may not get for Petrie, I think there's way better examples of brokering uh, being a broker than than this particular. Trend.
2: And that's what it was, though. It was the example of which yeah. Matt referred to the last yeah. decade.
0: Our next guest is the finest football professional this country has ever produced. 315 coaching victories, 13 West Division titles, five Grey Cup championships. All of those are records. And this weekend, he gets another honor inducted into the BC Lions Wall of Fame alongside the Waterboys. It is our pleasure to welcome back to Sakerson Price. Mr. Wally Buono. How you doing, coach?
3: Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, pleasure to be on your show. And uh, yeah, I kind of missed you, too, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so first of all, I-, I called you coach. Can we still
3: call you coach? Well, you know, Matt, the funny thing is uh, you know, wherever I go, people still call me coach, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's, you know, traveling or here or walking the, you know, White Rock Beach or Crescent Beach, uh, you know, they always come up and say, hey, coach, how you doing? How's retirement? All mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, you know, I guess that's what you are, and uh, you got to be proud of it.
0: How is retirement, Wally? How how are you doing here without a football team in your charge?
3: Well, you know, it's funny you ask, because I've been quite busy. Uh, my daughter, Christy, as you well know, is the uh, regional director for Make-A-Wish, and uh, she's got me involved uh, with, helping her uh, secure uh, wishes for uh, children in need. So it's been something that we've been doing for about six months, Uh, do a little traveling uh, to help uh, support her, try to raise some funds for these kids. And, uh, you know, it's something that I really have enjoyed, and we've, uh, you know, made some people happy.
0: Have you found a competitive outlet, Coach? (laughs)
3: <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to competitive. it I all. I, uh, really? Games, uh, I take them and my wife says sometimes I get out of control a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I think other than that, uh, you know, life is good because um, part of retiring was uh, getting away from the pressure, getting away from all the things that, uh, you know, make life sometimes uh, uh, difficult to deal with. Mm hmm
0: you ran football teams for so long so many people in your charge and you know we always talked about how you were you know dna perfect for that role <laughs> yeah. do do you do you have something you run that you can control that you control in retirement wally
3: well, here's where I run my wife, and she says, "Stop! Here. I don't need you to be my coach." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know we have a good uh, we have a good thing going. Uh, she likes to do certain things. I like to do certain things. Uh, you know, and uh, we've done a lot of traveling, and we've spent a lot of time with our kids and grandkids. And like I said, you know, just doing little projects. Uh, with uh, Make a Wish, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just like I say, giving uh, is important, and when you can help somebody mm-hmm. uh, uh, better their lives, it's even that much more. So, cool.
0: give us some examples. All. What do you like to do? What does Sandy like to do?
3: Well, I me, mean, I like to uh, work out, I like to walk, uh, I like to read, I like to cook. Uh, you know, Sandy doesn't like to cook, so she hasn't cooked in five years, and uh, mm. what she likes to do is, the, uh, you know, is I wouldn't be on the show if you called me and said, well, we will call you this morning. <laughs> so, you know, she does all the technical stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're a good team.
0: How many grandkids now coach?
3: We have six, uh, three grandsons and three granddaughters. And, uh, they're all active in sports or all the other things in life. And, uh, you know, we enjoy being with them. They enjoy being with us.
0: Um, Tell me about um, the call you received to be uh, inducted in the Lions Wall of uh, Wall of Fame here, because this uh, is—you're accustomed to getting these sorts of calls, but I imagine that this one was a special one.
3: Well, no, it it was special because again, when you look at the whole situation, you know how it occurred in—you know—in Calgary, leaving there, coming here, and how one group of uh, uh, people had no confidence in you, whereas the other group of people you know, thought, uh, you know, that uh, we were getting a, a person that can come in and help our organization. So, you know, that whole ambiance of uh, being accepted, being wanted and being appreciated, uh, uh, you know, really helped me in, in, in falling in love with BC very quickly. And, you know, to work for two great men, uh, David Braley and Bob Ackles, uh, you know, those things don't usually come around in a lifetime.
0: Uh, well, if they lacked confidence in you and Calgary coach, they <laughs> certainly paid the price over the next decade and a half. Uh, and what does it mean to you to go in with the water boys? Because um, as you say, like all of these things came together at the same time, Bobby Ackles coming back, him establishing the water boys, him hiring you. And from there, boy, the franchise really took off and, and saw heights that it hadn't seen since the early days of BC place.
3: Well, you know, the funny thing is, uh, um, yeah, you know, we started, not we, but uh, Bob Ackles and George Chica were very big in getting this group together, and I can remember Bob picking me up and driving me to the aquarium at some godly hour in the morning, and we're saying, what are we doing here? Then all of a sudden, you know, the guys come, uh, you know, the Dennis Kolskis and the Maury Keese and the Tom Malone's and the Jamie Poplato, and we're sitting, we're sitting around a big conference table just talking about... You know what can we do to help uh, the BC Lions be relevant? And and, you know, part of that was just having ambassadors of these, the caliber of these men, out in the community, uh, talking about uh, you know the value of of a football team. And uh, you know, these are men who had tremendous influence uh, in the community, in the corporate world. And at the end of the day, you got to have the corporate world uh, backing you because again, it's something that's necessary and. You know, Bob Ackles, God bless him, had great ideas. Uh, He he put it to work. But the thing that I always respected about Bob was his integrity, his honesty, and his uh, ability to do things right. He he always wanted to do things first class. And the Water Boys, I think, was a a concept he had uh, been involved with, uh, I think, with the Dallas Cowboys. And he brought it here. And it really, really did a lot to enhance the profile of the football club.
0: Well, it's, it's not too dissimilar Wally from what's going on these days with Amar Doman and his influence and how he is bringing people back to BC place. Uh, a, a word or two about the franchise that you're observing this, uh, these days from the sidelines and how they're well, doing it, in the community. Uh,
3: no, I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, Amar Doman, God bless him, uh, doing the right things. Uh, you know, he understands that he has to invest to get, uh, things back in order. And, uh, you know, just how he handled, I think, you know, the Simon Fraser situation where, you know, he went public in giving uh, the the football program uh, support. Uh, You know, he's done some good things as far as promoting the club uh, uh, publicly, privately, but, you know, he's put his money up and, and, you know, money talks as we all know. And uh, BC, as as I say, is always been a superstar city when you have uh, you know, the superstar and your winning team, uh, they're going to come out and support you. And, uh, you know, you look at the crowds and getting better and better each game and hopefully uh, the BC lions finish in first place, have a home uh, playoff game. And uh, I guarantee you BC place will be sold out.
0: Yeah. Much like last year, it was fantastic uh, to see uh, a home playoff game here. What do you make of the team? Well, you got, uh, as I count, three proteges on the coaching staff there <laughs> and Benavitas, Phillips and Kelly Bates. And, what do you make of the team on the field this year?
3: Well, you know what, the, the thing you got to really like is what Rick Campbell has done with his coaching staff and you know how the coaching staff has gotten the players to buy into what they're doing. Uh, the thing that I, I always impresses me is the the skill of the game plan and the physicality in which they play. Uh, they play very hard, very physical, it doesn't matter It's offense, defense, or special teams, and, you know, they're very, very skilled, and, you know, BC, uh, especially the fans, are into exciting football, and, uh, you know, the one thing you want to say about the BC Lions, they play physical football, but they play very exciting football.
0: Coach, I'd be remiss, because I know you're a linebacker at heart here. (laughs) Two shutouts this year. I mean... Not something you see a lot in the CFL. How how about this defense and and Ryan Phillips, that coordinator?
3: Well, you know what? Uh, You know, I got to say this. I'm so proud of Ryan Phillips because, uh, you know, he was always a very uh, uh, heady football player, very smart, uh, had tremendous football skills. But to see him do what he's doing, uh, you know, with these young men as far as designing uh defenses to get them out there to u- utilize the, who they are i mean they're not necessarily a real b- big team but they're fast they're physical uh, they're ball hawks and uh you know and then to see ryan with this little goatee out there smiling and dancing i, I don't think i would have done that but that's not me <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yeah i can't ever yeah. re- uh, i can't ever recall you
0: dancing on the sidelines, yeah, no, Coach. I, like
3: I said, you know, I, I know Ryan, and uh, he's a competitive <laughs> guy, and uh, I, I know that uh, he's very proud of uh, what his coaching staff has done and what the players do for him.
0: What about the state of the league these days, Wally? As you watch the CFL and uh, forecast forward here, what do you make of uh, the league that you helped build?
3: Well, you know, I, I think the most impressive thing right today is, is the quality of ownership's. Uh, especially in the, in the major markets, uh, you look at uh, Montreal, Toronto, you know, uh, Vancouver. The, the ownership is uh, is yeah, you know, it's, it's just tremendous. They're are uh, you know they're well established in the communities. They're well funded, and you know, so these teams are really now focusing on uh, getting yourself uh, in the community, making sure you have a good product and. Uh, money isn't an issue not that money isn't an issue but for them uh, they're doing this because they're uh, community minded people and they got the wherewithal to build a great organization so you know when you look at it uh, other than the o and eight elks you know you got to say the league is very competitive even though the uh, quarterbacking is uh, right now uh, a little bit in trouble uh, mm-hmm. the league in itself uh, is, is I think in good hands. Um, as
0: mentioned, and I had playoff wins too, Wally. So, so I, I get you to three fifteen uh, wins, the five Grey Cups, the thirteen West titles. One hundred and thirty-seven of those wins, two Grey Cups, and five West titles with BC. If I had to ask you for a moment as Lions coach, that stands out above them all, which one would it be?
3: Well, I'm going to give you two two moments. Okay, I cannot give. Maybe I'll give you three. Uh, And I can't remember which game it was, but um, I think we are playing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the Western final. um, And it's third down and 22. Okay. And Dave Dickinson drops back in the pocket, in the pocket, in the pocket. Seemed like he was in the pocket forever. Then he throws a strike to uh, Jason Claremont over the middle, um, for a first down, we go down, score, I think, on the last play of the game. And uh, uh, we win the the uh, Western Final, go to the Great Cup. Uh, you know, and BC Place was full. And, and you know how BC Place is when it's full. It, it's very electrifying. You know, so that, to me, was a, 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 a feeling, an emotion that, uh, you know, I, I'll never uh, forget. The other one, I think, was the... Uh, The 2011 Great Cup, uh, you know, we had such a bad start. And then the guys really bought into everything. They played great football for a long, long time. And then we ended up beating Calgary, uh, I think, in the Western Final. And then we played Winnipeg in the Great Cup. And I can remember walking off the field with my uh, wife and my kids. And, uh, you know, you have this this feeling of... uh, accomplishment and uh, it, it was a tremendous feeling and uh, you know those two uh, uh things will always be with me
0: well you were tired after that game at least as a coach wally
3: <laughs> you were so
0: satisfied that you just uh, you hung up the whistle and then five years and then five years later you came on back
3: well you know what uh it, it was uh yeah it, it was a strange turn of events and uh you know, one of the reasons I came back is because, uh, you know, uh, the this, this franchise was starting to slip a little bit. Uh, I felt uh, with David that, you know, his health not being as good as it was, that I needed to, to step up and help him to, you know, stabilize the organization. And, you know, the one regret, Matt, I'll say this, is, you know, uh, is I believe that uh, David and myself uh, should have got out a year or two earlier. And, you know, I was hoping David would sell the club earlier. He didn't, uh, you know, and hopefully it didn't hurt his legacy.
0: Well, no, he rescued this franchise and, uh, you took it to heights. It had never seen before on the field. Congratulations on Saturday. Look forward to the ceremony. Look forward to the football game. It's been fantastic catching up. Well, best to you and all the Blons. Well,
3: Appreciate it, Matt. Just want to say one thing to, uh, You and the media have always been very good to me as far as giving me a platform. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And I want to thank everybody for that, too.
0: Harrison Price from Wall Center Presentation Apple at Auto Group. You can text us 778 402 9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox Great Clips. It is gonna be great. Errors and omissions from yesterday's program. Mm-hmm. Uh, early in the first segment, you may have heard an alarm in the background. Ding! Yes. We sure hope you didn't go checking your own place, building, what have you. It was an alarm going off here at Wall Center and was a uh, false alarm at the end of the day. Yeah, we are allowed to uh, tell the tale. So, how often do we try not to record when there's alarms going off? But uh, this one came in, uh, started up as we were. Mid-segment. Hotel employees just must hate
1: that. It it happens probably. You so should much.
0: have seen them scurrying to yeah. the control plant panel here. Did a crackerjack job of getting it under control and informing everyone that it was in fact a non-emergency false alarm.
2: Anything else, Grady? Yes. Uh forgot the name here. I'm gonna have to edit this out. Yes, uh, on Twitter, Blue Line Bar Down, Talkit's Mm -hmm. Cheekbone says, Not going to lie, Matt, your show is an absolute slog as much as I appreciate the off-season content. Mm. I listened to the pod at 1.2x speed, and it's still slow AF.
1: Oh, Oh. well, we are old, so we're getting Mm. slower.
0: Good tip there, though. You can listen to it at uh, 1.25 or 1.5, even. Yeah. I mean, what about 2X? We have sounded yeah. like
2: Chipmunks here with bike pies. That was
0: pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, we have sounded like Chipmunks before. And of course, Once yeah. Upon a Time, Craig Craig Button, Button. Yeah, I remember that. When Chipmunks
1: <laughs> <on a laughs> Oh,
0: that's really good. Yeah, thank you. Can you sing the song now? Alvin, Simon.
1: Theater. Hi, Dave. You're really good at that. You missed your call. I'm like a Vancouver-based Dave Coulier, basically. <laughs> he's basically what I am. Is Dave Coulier part of the Chipmunks? No, but he does oh. weird voices. Oh. I don't oh, think he's right. part of the Chipmunks. Okay, yeah. cut it out. Yeah, Red Wings jersey.
0: <laughs> Blake Price's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source Freak, casino games, poker strategy, sports
1: odds. Who you like? What you got? I'm not going to suggest this because um, there's no value in it. Do you know what Messi's odds are for a goal? Anytime goal tomorrow versus Charlotte? No. Minus 210. Like wow. if they are d- doubling There's down. No value there. He's definitely scared. <laughs> yeah. More than doubling but down. But we've talked about this that he's just making Robert Taylor look like a million bucks here. Yes, so, he is. And you've got a little bit of value there. Robert Taylor's a plus plus two fifteen go. goal scorer, so I like that one tomorrow. That's the sort of wager yeah. I appreciate.
0: On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to subscribe to us and rank wide wherever you get your podcast. And then please do follow us on social Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Of course, support those community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.